Hello, and thank you for listening to the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal podcast. The Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal is co-sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators and the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. My name is Eva Thanheiser, and today I'm talking with Jennifer Sa and Holly Tate from George Mason University, who co-authored a paper with Marianne Rosbach, Samara Green, Kathy Matson, Julia Aguirre, Padu Sesheyer, and Sam Steen. The article is titled Dilemmas and Design Principles in Planning for Justice-Oriented Community-Based Mathematical Modeling Lessons and was published in the June 2023 issue of the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal. We'll begin by summarizing the main points of the article and discuss in more depth the lessons they shared in the article, their successes and challenges, and how these lessons relate to their other work. Welcome, Jennifer and Jennifer and Holly. Will you please introduce yourselves briefly? Yes, thank you, Eva. My name is Jennifer Sa, and I'm at George Mason University. I've been at George Mason for actually 18 years. I get to, yes, I know, very long time. I really get this fortunate opportunity to work with not only pre-service teachers as they enter the program, but also we have a wonderful coaching program for math specialists. So get to work with those math leaders. And then we have a wonderful doctoral program where Holly's part of. So I get to work with brilliant doctoral candidates as well. And I'm currently working on a project called EQ STEM that really focuses on elementary math modeling and connecting it to students' lived experiences in their community funds of knowledge. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Holly? Thanks. I'm Holly Tate. I am a doctoral student, Dr. Sa, and I'm really excited because I'm finally in dissertation mode, so that's exciting. And I'm also an instructional math coach in an elementary school, so I serve teachers and community in grades kindergarten through sixth grade. So it's really a good opportunity to combine the work of the dissertation and research to practice as a coach in schools. That sounds fantastic. And it sounds like you have lots of free time. (laughs) So much free time. (laughs) So let's jump right in and let's just get started with a brief summary of your article. Sure. So this is actually a a really exciting kind of collaborative, reflective journey that involved teachers, coaches, and MTEs, and actually even a school counselor. It started out in a NSF-funded project called Immersion, actually. It was focused on math modeling and co-designing tasks with teachers. And so one of the lessons that we had this co-design with teachers Marianne and Samara, a focus on food insecurity. And so it actually started out as a, an article where we just wanted to detail the co-design process with the teachers. And then what ended up becoming is this multi-layered reflective conversation with math teacher educators in, in thinking deeply about how to co-design justice-oriented math modeling tasks. And we had several different types of modeling tasks. And one that we're showcasing here was unique in that we really wanted the teachers to tap into issues in their local community that they felt really passionate about and then build a lesson around that. So there were interesting dilemmas and design kinds of decisions that we made along the way. And 
this article is detailing that whole process. Yeah, there's going to be five dilemmas, right, that we're going to go through. And with that, some kind of, I guess, suggestions of what to pay attention to when you want to model this kind of lesson. So to summarize, it's a mathematical modeling and community-based, right? Mm-hmm. All of that together. Yes. So who do you think should be reading this article? Holly, you want to take that one? Sure. So when we were designing the principles in this retroactive way, I think that we had in mind ideas for math teacher educators to be able to use these design principles to facilitate the creation of community-based math modeling tasks. And personally, I also think as a coach, being in the classrooms and with teachers, I'm able to use these design principles when we're thinking about community-based math modeling tasks. So I think the way they're also designed could also allow for teachers to go through and consider them as they're engaging in the work of community-based math modeling. So it's really a kind of dynamic set of principles that anyone could use. Yeah, I agree. And you guys are talking about creating tasks more or less from scratch. But I was thinking that these principles could also apply if I'm thinking about modifying pre-existing tasks. And so it could apply to either one. All right. So what is the important problem that you address? And we know that in the MTE journal, we always explicate what the problem is that we are trying to address. Sure. I think one of the important things when we were thinking about community-based math modeling, particularly when they were justice-oriented tasks, there's a lot more kind of consideration that teachers and educators have to take into consideration, particularly, I think, even just looking at and understanding the sociopolitical implications and the considerations that may play a role in the task itself. So unpacking that with teachers, I think, was something that was really important for us. And we also thought it was really important for us to have conversations about issues that the teachers really cared about, but really understanding like their own experience, their lived experiences, and why why these issues were important to them. So a lot of the kind of precursor to designing was really checking in and talking and really discussing teachers' own criticality about issues that they were wanting to build a lesson around. So that was an important kind of precursor to it. There's also a lot of consideration we have to take into take in as we're kind of designing it for our students. What are their lived experiences? So for this particular task, it was actually inspired by the teachers. They already had been doing kind of a service-oriented task particularly in their school, they had service learning and addressing food insecurity through kinds of activities at the school was something already in place. But I think the important thing that we really wanted to delve into was like, what were some of the issues that were underlying these issues of food insecurity? And so the teachers that we worked with, I think the reason why we really wanted to work with these two teachers is because they really had a very deep understanding of how they wanted to tackle this with fifth and sixth graders in ways that were really approachable, but also not just at the surface level, but really getting into some of the the thinking behind, well, what could be the, the factors that contribute to or underlying the issue of food insecurity? 
Yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to develop these tasks and to implement them and do them well. And there's so much background that needs to come with it. And discussion and collective reasoning and sense-making around what the issues are and how we help kids understand the issues and then how we connect the mathematics to the issues. And so we really knew we needed the questions that could guide teachers and ourselves in this work of creating really authentic tasks. And I think that's where the first dilemma actually appears, Ava. The teachers and the MTEs, we really sat around thinking about like, how do we build this meaningful connection? And what are some factors that we want to unearth as we're discussing this issue? And so Marianne actually had a an approach that she used a book called Fly Away Home that kind of talked about a father and son living in an airport. So they were in destitute, but it was because of a medical illness. And so she was really trying to get students to think about why might people be food insecure and dispel the notion that some folks might have about just negative stereotypes. Are people blaming individuals for their kind of situations or is there like a lot of systemic issues that are underlying or maybe it's a medical illness like in that book. And so it was really interesting for the teacher to use a book as a way to have conversations with kids about a family's income and causes for food insecurity. So that was one approach that Marianne took at this issue in ways that might go beyond like biases or kind of perceptions and stereotypes. So there's so much. My head's trying to catch up with all the things you said. So the first dilemma that you're mentioning is how do you build meaningful connections and contacts focused on social justice issues? And then the design principle that came from it was the community-based math modeling tasks are situated in authentic local community issues. Mm-hmm. And so the context that you're talking about in this article is food insecurity, and we're going to hear two different tasks. And But the dilemmas could be applied to any context, right? So they're not the context specific. And I think what you just highlighted is important in any social justice context, right? Is like to be able to see beyond blaming the individual for their situation and understand structurally what has been happening. So I like that you guys are very clearly laying out in the paper how that is possible to do with that book and then having the conversations which allows people who have never done this or don't know how to do it to maybe get an idea of how one might have conversations like that. Yeah, and I think that Marianne and Samara also had really great connections with community assets, like the local community food bank and places that they were already connected with that support, like the local community shelter. And they really tapped into understanding not just the issues, but also what community assets they had available. Look at uh, ways that thinking through solution-oriented action as well. I think one of the important things was also really like thinking about, well, how does math then also help us talk about some of these issues? Because we could talk about issues in A top, I mean, I guess you could talk about these issues just by naming issues like wage gap or having different kinds of social issues. But we wanted to 
see how math could be used to unpack some of these issues. And so that's when I think the data uh, that the teachers brought in played a role. And so one of the dilemmas that dilemma two was really how can math be used to unearth factors related to social justice issues. And so just looking at a startling statistic, one in five students are food insecure. Students had to wrap their mind around that. Wow. That's like looking at their classmates and they had 20, 20 classmates. And so what would one in five look like? And so really bringing the, the problem at hand closer. But the other things that they looked at was even like a USDA statistics that show what's the average cost for food for a family of four. And they started to look at that. And then it got into issues like, well, what's an average size family household, right? Because not everybody had just four. And so looking at even just the USDA recommended household food expenditure and thinking, well, actually we have seven members. And so what does that mean for us? And it was really interesting because we have wonderful lessons that are social justice oriented, teaching for teaching math for social justice, like the income task. But it was really interesting because Samara asked her students to look at some apartments or living, living, I guess, spaces in their community and the kids picked out like a really super like very posh apartment and then they really had to create a budget to see what do they how much different cell phone costs and different kinds of expenditures all cost and then they also had to think about well if that's the monthly cost like how many hours would we have to work if we had minimum wage? And actually, when we started this project, I mean, the minimum wage in Virginia was $7.25, which is very low, right? And so it was a really eye-opening experience for them to even just see the cost of living in our local area. And so that kind of helped them see that, you know what, we're hardworking folks, yet we could be food insecure because of the cost of living. And so those are just some of the initial dilemmas that we were wrestling with and thinking about, like, how do we bring that to the fore? And so I don't know, Holly, if there's anything else you wanted to jump in and share. I think that kind of throughout, it's it's throughout all of the dilemmas, but one thing that really stood out throughout was thinking about how teachers are making sense of the systemic problem. So as we're even considering the math, how is this tied? And this is something we still wrestle with, I think, in these different tasks. It's like, how do we help teachers make that connection? How do we build teacher critical consciousness to coming back to why this is a systemic problem? So yeah, one in five students are hungry, but why? What's the systemic piece there? And then how do we bring that back to kids? And there's so many nice moments that you describe of understanding happening in the classroom One that I recall is representing like how many in a classroom, one out of five would represent and understanding that. And then I also really love the example where the kids were calculating how many hours a day you would need to work. And it was what, like 21 hours a day. And then realizing that is a lot of hours to be working (laughs) So I feel like your article does multiple things. It shares these dilemmas, which I think we're focusing on today, but it also shares those two tasks. There's so many things you can do with the tasks. 
The other thing that I thought was really cool is that I feel like every elementary school does something with food pantries, right? There's always a food. I mean, so it's something that can be incorporated at whatever level and it's related to any school anywhere, which isn't true for all topics, right? But this one definitely is one that could be used that way. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. And often happens around October, November, right? The food pantry and the, the canned food drive. And I think what we started to really also deliberate about is there's a lot of charitable and service learning projects, which I think are very important. It does develop students' empathy, and it's a really great character trait that we're really trying to encourage. We we involved a school counselor. Sam Steen is actually a school counselor, and it was really fun tapping into his expertise because that's what they do a lot for counseling and social-emotional learning, like those kind of service projects. But one of the things that I think we really try to think hard about was this aspect of taking action and how can we go beyond charity and think about how do we use math and our voice, take action in ways that could tackle some of these issues beyond just charity. And I think it was also very interesting that this actually happened right before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, food insecurity and all of that really was more amplified. And I think it was really interesting for us to think about what are some ways that we could take action. And we thought about definitely getting teachers and and students to think about writing to congressmen and just to people who might also have some ways to think about thinking about raising minimum wage or having them think about other kinds of solutions. Like one group also thought about like edible garden that they could have in their schools and in their community. So I think there are a lot of ideas that we discussed about different ways that we can take action and getting really explicit in in design principle five. Mm -hmm. There needs to be conversation around charity, but also the structural action. Yeah. And I think your whole article, I think, is laid out on this premise of um, action being an important part, right? That we often kind of work towards, but don't quite get to. And so I think your article does a nice job showing how action, especially in this context, can be incorporated. And like you said, Holly, this was your design dilemma five, right? It's like moving beyond awareness towards action. And it the context also reminded me like this morning's New York Times headline said poverty rates soared in 2022 as aid ended and prices rose. And so it's like a definitely mm-hmm. an issue that's coming up again now. I feel like every time something happens in the world, right? It's like back to that. Yeah, it helps you think there's lots of programs like the supplementary nutrition. It was like the assistant program. They called it SNAP. And during the COVID times, we had an increase in that. And then they just ended it. And the need is still there, right? Yet. So there's a lot of things that I think came to our awareness as we were learning about this issue. Not only were our teachers learning more deeply about it with our students, I think as educators, we were also developing our own sociopolitical knowledge, which is an area that I think we've really leaned on each other, learn more about issues and 
take look at different kinds of ish, uh, factors that perhaps we haven't always considered just in one task. I mean, there's just so many ways that we could really explore this, but it was interesting how with fifth and sixth graders, these teachers were able to get to the level where they were not just doing a task, just focusing on math. It's not an either or. I think it was a both and. Learn the math, right? Look at the statistics, look at budgeting, look at all the different ways that we could. There was one Marianne, actually, the kids actually decided that they were going to revive a a defunct school supply store, right, to raise money. And so that became a totally another modeling task that she engaged in. But it was really interesting to see how students could actually take action in that way. And I think it was really empowering. I think since then, these five design principles have actually helped us plan other tasks Holly and I actually were able to work with another group of teachers using these same design principles, and it helped us think through this process. It was about access to sports and inequities and kinds of opportunities to play sports as youngsters and how we can change that. And so it was really interesting to see, because even though this was the design principles came after the fact, after the food, because I guess a retrospective kind of analysis. It was really so interesting to see how we can take these question prompts and use it to design a new task. And so it's been really fun to see how that has really helped us have these conversations. So I'm going to just pause this quick because I feel like we hit on three of the principles, the dilemmas and the principles. And I'm wondering if we can just take a minute to list all five so that we know what we're talking about and then maybe go into a little bit more depth with, I think, three and four, which we haven't touched on yet. Sure. So you mentioned the task is situated in authentic local community issues. And then we talked about design principle two, which these tasks really explore data to identify and understand social justice issues. And that really brings in the math. But because our modeling task, design principle three really took into consideration like how we can use math to describe, predict, optimize, and make decisions about these situations. And I think there were definitely like the modeling task when the students were looking at their income and kind of creating a model for deciding if they would have enough money, if they were on minimum wage. That was a a good example of how they could create a descriptive model of how does income play a role in kind of, and and how does the minimum wage also play a role in what we can and cannot have in our daily wants and needs. Design principle four was really this idea of encouraging co-construction of ideas through collaboration, justification, and collective knowledge. So they actually had to create models, but they also had to defend their models and critique each other's models and come to consensus because they actually wanted to have a solution. So I think these community-based math modeling tasks really allow for this kind of collective knowledge to to develop. And it was really neat to see how they would critique models. For example, for the model for the income project, they were like, well, you haven't really considered, are you going to be playing sports? Or do you have like one kid said, you know what, we need babysitters because my parents are working and I come to school and my little brother. So we haven't accounted for the cost of childcare. 
So when they were critiquing, they started to see different variables that they didn't consider in their model, which I think was really interesting to see how deeply they were thinking about the, the task mathematically, but also their family and their, their family life. And then design principle five is this idea of coming to a useful and solution-oriented action for community stakeholders. And that's where we really wrestle with that dilemma where charity is definitely one way, but like, how do we go beyond charity and think about ways that we could advocate and take action and use our voice? And I think teachers also, I think we're surprised to see, well, I could write a letter I could write a letter to the superintendent or I could write a letter to someone in Congress or, and I think that sometimes we forget that we actually have a voice that could actually carry a lot of weight. And so that was really interesting. And that kind of brought in some English language like ELA, right? They're doing writing and persuasive writing, actually. So those are the five design principles. And what I really liked about the kind of work that I got to do with Holly and Julia was our thinking partner and Sam and Padue and just having these other people to talk to as we call it crosstalk. The question prompts, I think, is what was really helpful for us, right? Because having design... So let's pause for a second. So each dilemma comes with a bunch of question prompts. Give us some examples of what they could be. Sure. Sure. So I I think, I mean, we had some really great questions for design principle two. I want to just highlight that. So design principle two, again, is like the task uh, explorers data to identify the issues. And so we talk about like what rich math connects to this problem? What current event or data uh, plays a role? How will students realize math as a vessel for understanding social justice issues? Why is this a community issue? How will students That one's make- my favorite, I think. Yeah? Why is it a community issue has really gotten teachers to think deeply about yeah. back to those larger structural and systemic issues because yeah. it's a big question like why is this a problem right now it's my favorite i think this one was also really important because we wanted to think about how do we be sensitive about this this is a question in what ways can we approach student learning about this issue with sensitivity to possible student trauma and experience and so in the article, we talk about how the two teachers are in from very different schools and population. And some of the students in Samara's classroom were receiving aid and actually they were receiving uh, food assistance. And I think so when we talk about unpacking issues of social justice, you could be experiencing those issues, right? And so how are we making sure that we're not causing trauma, like bringing up issues that might make them feel uncomfortable? And that was a really tricky conversation to have, right, with our teachers, because I think it's really important that these are issues that the teachers really care about and they know their students. And so for her, for Samara, she actually thought it would actually be empowering for the kids to be able to look at this issue in ways and use math because then they might actually be able to elevate their voice and use math to really be an advocate, write a letter, advocate for support, and provide some ways of taking action in ways that might actually make them stronger and more empowered. So I think that's a delicate balance and something that I think really requires a teacher to know his or her students and the families 
And for her, I think it was really about empowering them. I think without having the explicit question in here, it's something that's forgotten. So sometimes we forget to think about the experiences of students and where trauma might be. And so having it as the forefront of this task creation helps teachers just to think about it. So really your article has these five dilemmas that could guide, like you said, a creation or adaptation of a new task. And each dilemma comes with a bunch of questions so that if you carefully go through them, you're paying attention to things that you might not have done if you didn't have those available. So it's almost, it's not a guide to create a task because it doesn't tell you what to do, but it maybe is a guide to what to pay attention to while you're creating a task. Is that fair? Yeah, the necessary reflections maybe or some suggested reflections as you're creating a task. Yeah. And also how to develop our own critical consciousness. I think these questions help us think, help us think more deeply about our own beliefs and also our own kind of stance and make us maybe even hear different perspectives on issues that maybe help us become more conscious about these issues and also maybe ways that we can not only develop awareness in our own ways, take action. And I think that was a part that I think was really exciting for our teachers because now October, November comes around and it's not just a service learning project, but they're now really bringing in more depth and knowledge that they can share with their kiddos. So you have a one page table that summarizes all the things we have talked about in the article. If anybody is interested, you also made this beautiful, colorful modeling figure. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You mean with the modeling process and the design principles? Yeah, I think started to think about what's important in a modeling task and I think all modeling tasks, you start with a real world problem and it's very complex, right? And so you try to mathematize the situation by posing a problem. And as you're doing that, we do, we really unpack opportunities for us to develop this critical analysis. This really allows us to unpack issues and be critical, not just analyze, but be critical in our analysis and look at issues of social justice. And then as we're going through the modeling phases and looking for solutions, that's where I think we felt like, you know what, that's really empowering our students and teachers. And that's where that agency started to show up, right? We can do something about this, not just mathematize it, but we might be able to do something about this. And that's where that looking at the data and then creating a solution was really important. And then, of course, because we really thought that this is We don't want it to just stop there, but take action in some way. I think design principle four and five kind of led us to what would critical action look like? Taking action in ways that really could help us think deeply about this issue. And so those different kinds of action became more important to us in by putting the word critical in front because we were thinking more deeply about the issue at hand and not just just food insecurity, but what are some of the issues behind it? Yeah, and the figure has in the center, I think what you do, what you're not talking about in this article, but then it like sent, has the principles around it. And then the most outside circle is this critical 
civic empathy, critical analysis, critical agency, and critical action. And so it's really nicely illustrate what you want to get to with using these dilemmas as a reflection tool. So let's wrap up. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we close out? Yeah, I think the most important part that I think we want to have MTEs and teachers and coaches think about is how to find the time to have discussion and collaboration around this, because this is not easy work. I think you'll see how many co-authors we have on this. And it shows that it takes a community and it takes a professional learning community like the one we had, where not only do we have teachers who know their students so well, right, and their community so well, that we actually as MTEs can actually facilitate this whole thing, right? And as coaches supporting the teachers, this kind of work is getting harder and harder to do as we all know. And so I think really leaning on one another to have support is important because this matters. And I think mathematics is a very powerful tool and there's a sociopolitical knowledge bases that we need to tap into to really use it in ways that can uh, be powerful for our students and teachers. Holly? Yeah, I think that the collective and doing this work together and making time and space for the work, engaging in the reflexivity within the questions that exist in these design principles, it's just really important. I'm sorry. One of the things that I was struck by in this paper is the enormous amount of mathematical potential that was in both tasks. And I was just thinking like you could almost do any kind of math, no matter what you needed to do. And I feel like that's often the case. So then you can pick what you need to address to align with whatever you need to align to. But yeah, so if, if for people who are listening, the, the, both of the tasks are described in detail and it's a nice article. So I want to thank both of you for coming on today. Thank you. And we also want to just give a shout out to Marianne and Samara, who are courageous and bold enough to take on a task, but really help us think deeply through the task. And of course, our colleagues, Julia, Padu, and Sam, for being our thinking partners. Really appreciate the time, Eva, for you to give us time to elevate this work and really bring importance to thinking deeply about justice-oriented math modeling. Thank you. And for further information on this topic, you can find the article on the Mathematics Teacher Educator website. This has been your host, Ava Thanheiser. Thank you for listening and goodbye.